I'm a if it has a different number of limbs to me. People get off. Sorry, you don't like dogs. No, dogs have four limbs. Last I checked, I have four limbs. So is that? So this yeah. is the kind of my base assumption is the same number of limbs as me. With six legs, no. Eight legs, no. Wings, probably not. Yeah. Well, actually, no. The wings, birds are fine because two legs, two the, the wings, we're good. Um, and then if it lived in water, um, I won't eat it. It's just generally it's a, very, <laughs> it's a very broad. <laughs> I know, I get it, but I don't do so I don't do seafood. You, you, or fish, you, you, you're only prepared to eat things with the same number of limbs as you. I mean, is that is that what we're? I mean, that makes me sound like I would eat more than I'd be comfortable eating at this point. <laughs> but there's a Venn diagram there. There is like, same to... same number of limbs, and inside that there's a subsection that you're prepared to eat, but there's nothing outside. Of and that I like that it generic as well. I don't want to know which. You know, he's like, it, this is ox's cheek. I don't want to know. Because an ox's cheek has no legs. No. Well, so you're unhappy with it. Well, no, it's more... Yeah, <laughs> right. I can see there's some clarification required. No, it's more that, you know, you're one step away from it having a name, and then you know where you're at when you're... <laughs> I, you know, I'm eating, you know, Bobo the cow. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that guy today. Anyway... <laughs> And welcome, I guess, to... No, I was going to say episode six. I was going to say, what number were you going to <laughs> pick for this? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Because I think now Hang we on. have tried to record more of these than we've actually released. I don't know what you're talking about. So We, we have we have released... I'm, um, I'm having a look. I'm having a look. Five of the podcasts. Have we, have we um, really? One, two, three... But we must have recorded about nine. Yeah. T- I, tell the people what happened. So I sometimes get through the editing and I hate it yeah and when I hate it I refuse to release them yes and and, I never even give you the chance to listen to it really I just kind of I just summarily dismiss it and just go well that's now you're never getting back Jake because we weren't interesting or funny right and now that's not acceptable so as in it's not acceptable for us to not ship the podcast because quite honestly we are putting time in and effort in but it, my problem now is like you know you've just said no you know the ones that you didn't hear weren't funny enough so if we release this one and We've it's had not this before. it's not funny yeah. then we're then, stuffed yeah however we actually are now in a different location to mm-hmm. previous podcasts and our the team that do the videos for us uh, are also now doing the podcasts for us as well. So it's not on Jake and myself to actually make these uh, go out. It's, it's actually professionals. Down, I know, it's actually down uh, to other people who are professional and mm. very, very good. So there's a very strong chance that this is actually going to work out pretty well for everybody. And, 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 if it, and if it's not funny or interesting enough, it's a problem in the edit. Yeah, that, yes. Yes, it's, it, they we cut, are absolutely They cut all the good stuff out. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be too rude to them because they are in control of the edit. That's so that's, <laughs> they can they're going to chop up your words to yeah. say rude things to get you fired. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happened since the since the last time? Right. Well, we released uh, a podcast. That would be probably well the middle of last year. Um, no, I don't know uh, what the last was. Uh, it would have been a while ago. We have had uh, Christmas uh, certainly since then. Which uh, yes, but before that we had Chrome Dev Summit. Chrome Dev Summit. Which was yeah. in San Francisco is the Jazz Center. We normally previous years we've done it at the campus, which is like uh, off, as an, on the Google campus somewhere. Anonymous it's like Google a, building. Yeah, anonymous. Exactly, and it's, and it's quite away from anything. This mm. time, middle of San Francisco, uh, the Jazz Center. Da, 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 you're, you're doing jazz hands, yes. Which is great podcast activity, yep. pal. Yeah. Well, well they, uh, hopefully they can hear the air move <laughs> vigorously. What, what kind of skills do you think they have? <laughs> 
stop doing the jazz hands. Okay, sorry, okay. sorry. But it was in the jazz centre, and uh, oh, it was really good. I really liked it because it had this auditorium feel, and we ran the big web quiz. Big web quiz was which quite was, fun. It was totally awesome. Yeah, for, for, for us. Well, interactive for us. web app. Was yeah, good. exactly. We got yeah. to build something yeah. as well. I like on the in the notes for the episode here. You 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 said lots happened in the fourth quarter, and I like because the fourth quarter sounds like a Sports. dystopian sci-fi oh. faction. <laughs> Like, like it's the fourth quarter. Be, Run! Yeah, it could be that. Oh, I thought you were going on more like, uh, like fourth quadrant kind of. But then there would be delta quadrant. I was thinking, I'm, I am the captain of the fourth quarter, yeah. and you shall bow to me. Ah, oh, you see, you've gone, yeah. you've gone straight to the British villain territory. Well, we did see Star Wars recently. We did, which was also it's excellent. Great. Really enjoyed. It's it. Very good. Yeah. And we're not going to do spoilers. No, but no. worth I, seeing. Really worth seeing. If uh, if you've not had a chance, definitely go and catch that out. I think I think it was the best. Of the Star Wars films, like ever, um, not everyone thinks that it does suffer from. I think like it, there's been a bit of heavy editing in it. Most notably, there's a guy. I he gets told that you're going to be put through this situation, and afterwards, it's going to destroy your mind. And then, like he goes through the whole thing, and afterwards, he's like, "I'm actually fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's like that meme. Turns out it's all right. It's like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. It was a bit yeah. like that. It was. Oh, yeah. So I think that might have been something that was edited out. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But then they would should have taken the whole thing. And anyway, exactly. Now, ah, how was Christmas for you? I did a bit. I fixed the shed roof. Oh no! Um, no. Now, of course, because this is me and DIY. Yes. The, the quotations. Okay, to give you an impression of the relative sizes, the, the word "fixed" is normal point eight, well, point twelve font, uh, whereas the circles in the quotation marks around "fixed" are the size of the moon a piece. Right, it's it big big quotes. Okay. Because um, our shed roof kind of just broke. It just had enough. Um, Did it just collapse in. I mean, oh no! It's the it's the the felt. I think they call it. I think that's what people in the know. <laughs> that all that all just it just got bored and left in large portions of it. And we've and thought, ah, uh, you know, can't be bothered with it. So I'm just going to put some tarpaulin over the top. It's not your classic fix. No, no. But it did keep everything inside. Dry, and then but what happened is, like the felt, the tarpaulin ripped. So I thought, well, let's put. What are you doing to your shed? Top. I think it's just weather. I think it's just the Hayward Teeth weather. Well, that'll be the localized snow that you've suffered exactly. from. That's, so many that's times. what I meant. So right. So anyway, we kept. You know, we put a few layers of that, and then I thought, this time, do you know what? There's too many layers now. The shed is twice as tall <laughs> as it used to be. Let's get all of those layers off and just put a fresh layer. So on. you're basically the DIY equivalent of technical debt, is what you're telling me. Yes, yes. So I was trying to recover the technical debt, or at least remove all the layers and just put a fresh layer on. And so as I was doing that, and, and all the tarpaulin was tucked under the, the, the sort of guttering. So I was pulling that That's out. That's maturity of the code base. And and what what popped out? Massive wasp. But it's alive. And it has a go at me, and I. Well, yeah, because you just ruined its house. Right. Well, this is it. How would you feel? Well, so I thought. Well, that was a bit, bit weird. So I started pulling more of the, the oh, thing out. Wasps nest? No. Oh. This is the thing. But there were twenty wasps in there. And and I don't like. As I say, I hate wasps because they have the potential to hurt me, and that scares me. And I I didn't want to get on the roof of a shed, and have a freak out. Like oh wasps ah oh, yeah, and off, off goes Jakey breaks his neck on the on, on the floor. I had to get a broom and sweep the wasps off the top of the shed. Like there were that many. Bit of research later on when a hive has had enough, when it's kind of like ah do you know what, 
this 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 is over and done with. It was great while it lasted, but we're we're done. The Queen leaves, and a- according to the, the article I read, the Queen will find somewhere kind of warm to stay, normally between two layers of something. <laughs> I had just built a Queen Wasp Hotel. Oh, and I, I, it was horrible because these things were big and angry with being woken up, as you say, somewhat understandably. Yes, and um, and her closest aides, if you like. Oh no, and, it was all, all solitary, all solitary queens. Oh, do you oh, think yes. it's actually? It is just the queens. Like you, it was like it was oh, twenty. So the Queen Hotel. You basically the que- built yeah. wasp royalty, five star. Yeah. Welcome to the tarpaulin. It's like the YMCA for wasps, like the the all the O W. CA <laughs> the, the old wasp association the yeah, old okay. queen wasp uh, retirement home wow um, well for them to come out of retirement eventually and start a new hive wow so so there's there's 20 hives that aren't happening I'm quite happy about that yeah, that's so, I mean in terms of bang for your buck well done yeah <laughs> good so that's DIY I, I'm done for the year because the other thing that happened just before Christmas is mm. I released a blog post yes in which you said Every framework is dreadful and a cancer upon the earth. That, was, that, yeah, yeah, that is almost if you is the TLDR of what I, <laughs> of what I wrote. Well, he's exactly what I wanted to talk about actually, because if anybody who's listened to this didn't have chance to read it, the general gist, um, if you get to the to the end, is um, well, I think most of us know that if you did something like Wild True, you would lock the main thread in the browser mm-hmm. and that forevermore. Means- and that, you can still scroll in modern browsers, but mostly, yeah. But things like painting, right? Non-composite, and and eventually the browser, modern browsers will kind of go. This page is unresponsive. Do you want to kill this tab? And in yes. yesteryear, it would have killed the whole browser. Then we got m- tabbed browsing, and then Chrome. I think was the first one, first one to do multi-process, where it would c- could kill that particular tab without killing the rest of the browser. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, there is something in the in the browser that kind of goes. This is unresponsive uh, because the main thread is. Busy, too busy for too long. Sure. So this is not news that you can do this kind of thing. But what I was interested in is how much does this happen? How much do we see m- the main thread get clogged up and busy doing booting work across a few frameworks? And while we're at it, let's look at things like custom elements because you could have mm. a lot of custom elements, register them all at the same time, or have a lot of the same element, do the custom elements.define, and they will all upgrade at the same time. Right, and which, if we which do that, could potentially which should probably see the same kind of thing. And then, mm. what are the mitigation strategies for if that's true? And it, so, your test case was a kind of hacker news style, yeah, hundred comments. Like someone has said something. Ironically, you'd taken the kind of article where someone had said something controversial, and a hundred <laughs> people replied, which was actually kind of ultimately what happened to you. Yeah, pretty much. But what's interesting about that is I chose 500 comments, and naturally that was on the lighter end. Sometimes you see thousands upon thousands of comments mm. nested and, and all the rest of it. So I did that upvote and downvote buttons, and I built it in React, Preact, Ember, uh, custom elements, and I just did a vanilla one as well. I didn't really, all, I did a little bit of server-side rendering stuff, um, and I did go through the, the tutorials, and I did a bit of troubleshooting and so on. I didn't invest weeks of my time to make sure I got it 
perfectly. It right. sounds like damage, damage limitation, Paul. You're kind no, of I, saying. I, I want to be clear. On that. By the way, here's, I got it we, wrong because I didn't spend a lot of time on it, which kind of leads on to well, maybe what we'll talk uh, about in a yeah, bit. Yeah. So this, is, but it is important because it was one of the criticisms. Because I, I, I don't want to talk about that a little bit. But what I wanted to do was just see whether it was uh, it seemed like it was a vastly different story if you'd server side rendered versus client side rendered. Hmm. And the answer was no. It did, sometimes it was worse. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. The point was, you could lock up the main thread. For, depending on the number of components you had, and this was universally true. And I, I, I put in a PR to Preact because I could understand the code well enough. And I'd spoken with Jason Miller, who made it, and sort of talked it all through with him anyway. So it was just an easy thing to kind of say, look, and when you, when you introduce request idle callback um, to allow the browser to give you some time when it thinks it's got some spare to start booting components, spread right. that workout. It's one big task. You're going to have a little bit at the start anyway, where you're just like booting up the framework to just even kind of ask the question of what components do I have, and then there's the bit where your stuff kicks in, and you sort of say instead of one big task for all of that, why don't we split the bootingy bit into parts? One hundred millisecond chunks, Ch chunks, kind of chunks, exactly. So if yeah. if somebody needs to interact in the middle, you can do that. And so the user will see the comments appearing. Gradually, I mean. No, well, it depends. Depends on how you do it. Because in my case, I opted for the everything's already rendered, but you could interact, and we would have to intercept and kind of throw up something that kind of goes ah. So everything's you, already rendered because you rendered on the server, server side, yeah, and if, so it was the client side yeah. picking up that data and, and recreating it. Exactly. With so its, yeah, so feed you, stuff. you can do it loads of different ways. You can mm. do it so like there's an initial viewport and then like build the page in pieces afterwards. Which seems fine. The, whatever, whatever works, right? I'm not that precious about it. So what what I took from all of that is that you hate frameworks and <laughs> and everyone who uses frameworks and they're animals. You would have thought that you would have thought that's exactly what I was saying from some of the reactions I got. I you know I haven't even had time to think up a metaphor for it, Jake. Okay, hit me with your metaphor. For me, what I was what I'm actually getting at is that I don't care. Yes, what? I got. That's what a lot of people got from it as well. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care what. Uh, say you're on the roads. I don't care what car you drive. I actually don't right. care whether you're using React Ember or whatever. Mm -hmm. I care about how you drive. Right. And whether you're safe on the roads. And I do think that your car should have things like ABS and an airbag. Right. Right. I do think that the framework should be putting in things that allow you to not hurt yourself in the process of driving. Yep, yep. Okay. All of us. But yep. I also I think my position I don't if you want to write code with React, Ember, Angular, Polymer, whatever. I just I think vanilla should be a live option in there. I don't agree with the premise that it's the bad option. I think right, it, right, I think right. it was a tough option five, six years ago. Hmm. Uh, we can come on to that a bit more. But I think these days, once you you know if you're able to adopt ES twenty fifteen uh, style code, and you are working with modern browsers, certainly evergreen ones. It's a very different story. They are typically very good. We've got things like Flexbox, which we never used to have. Grids on the way in, and that's not going to be, mm. you know, something to sniff at. That looks really promising. I mean, you obviously a big fan of Grid from a long time back. Yes, twenty fourteen. Um, and I, I get that the life cycle is something that the, the framework gives you, and that's that's totally cool. But I do think that. Again, as I, as I kind of come back to the car thing, I, I think that the frameworks do need to make sure that there are escape hatches. Because if, if I'm going to do one long task, I have to ask myself as a developer, what choice do I have in that situation? Right. And if the answer is you have no choice, 
other than to not use the framework, then there's a problem. Because even with the, with the custom elements version, the vanilla version, I was saying, by default, it will do the same thing. But you get to decide when a, an element gets upgraded. You get to decide when to bootstrap the definition of a custom element. So mm -hmm. you can decide to, say, boot them when you've got some spare time. Now, it might not be granular enough, and you might need to still do some more tweaking here and there, but you've still got the primitives. You've still got the way down to the nuts and bolts. And what I was saying was, I think we need to look at this more seriously, especially as apps are getting bigger and more complex. We can't ignore this problem. Browsers have been prioritizing for the last however many years. We need to start doing the same if we're all going to be using frameworks. I, I think your, your point about the you know, the, the car metaphor, like as, as, long as, as long as the end result is there, is yeah. the important bit. Thinking about your article, I was, I, I was lying in bed, and I was kind of thinking, we've got this sort of problem where we're seeing a lot of sites launch. They launch with a framework, but with developer mode on. Yes, I'm glad you, you renamed it, because I know you've got a special name for I that. I do have a special you, name for that. Yes, you, they, leave, they leave it in. Not good mode. Yeah, not good mode. They leave it in with sort of all the flags on for development, right? Where it's right. like there's all the debug statements and whatever else. Or like, you know, a lot of frameworks now will do server rendering, but people ship without that. And for me, I was kind of thinking, well, it, it, it seems like as a community, we're all too often thinking that's OK. There's like, well, you know, I, I, got, I got the benefits from you know, my developer tools, but I'm not going to go that extra mile for you know, the server rendering, for you know, turning developer mode off. That's going to make it better for the users. And I, I, you know, I was trying to think, I don't know the way of solving that. So well, I did what I normally do, is I, I connected brain to Twitter yeah. and, and just, just, just started writing. Because yeah. I, well, I kind of thought, this, this should be a blog post, right? But I'm in bed. And if I if I write it as a blog post, I'm going to have to think about it a bit more and maybe word it properly. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to do that because I can just t t Twitter, typey typey typey, off I go. And I said something like, uh, "It seems like we're, we're fine as a web community uh, if developer experience dwarfs user experience." Yes, I'm just trying um, to find the exact tweet. I should have I should have found that earlier. Well, but I mean, part of the problem is it went through Twitter's flavor enhancer. And by uh, the time it reached people's eyeballs, it actually said developer experience doesn't matter. It said, you said it seems. It the, seems. It seems the web community yeah. has decided. Now, you, I suppose as soon as I see that, to be honest, mate, you could have been. It, it could have been laced with sarcasm if I was in the wrong mood. It seems. Oh, it does read a bit like. It could, it could, it like could be that. that. It could well be that you came over as like, oh, well, actually, I, uh, um, it, well, it seems in my in esteemed my opinion. Hmm. Uh, so this is what I mean: is it went through the Twitter flavor enhancer, and and everything just becomes more extreme than was intended. And yeah, and and, and mm. but yeah, people read it as if I was saying, you know, once again, all frameworks are bad. Developer experience doesn't matter. Um, user experience is the only thing that matters. And um, and people reacted either with delight at that, mm. or with extreme hatred. Um, and both when people were sort of going, yeah, you're right, down with frameworks, down with developer experience. I was kind of like, no, that's not what I mean. And when people were going, I think you'll find developer experience matters as well. I was like, yes, yes, it does. I, yeah, that, it, it does. And and the whole thing kind of exploded with like 500 replies. I have tired, as in I've fatigued myself with fighting for nuance in 140 characters. I, and, and I wonder, yeah. if, and wonder if I'm just seeing the fatigue show itself now, where. We are, for whatever reason, seeing a, a bit of a, 
a turning point. Um, maybe it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Some of this I, stuff. I, I do think like a combination of well, it seems like you know the whole election Brexit stuff that happened last year. Maybe Twitter got so much more heated, and it feels like it's still at that boiling point. And so I, I mean, my my actions part of this is to not do like multi multi tweet. I'm going to stop connecting brain to Twitter, and instead connect brain to Markdown. Write a post, <laughs> have a little read of it, see. It does this sound sarcastic? Because that is something I would have probably picked up on if I just wrote it as a blog post, yeah. rather than just like, "That's what my brain's thinking well, right you, now." Typey, typey, typey. One sentence can read sarcastic, but mm. if it's part of a paragraph, you tend to pick up more tone from that, and then the tone of an article as a whole. I I made the mistake of saving my conclusion where I made recommendations and and solutions to the end. Oh, um, no one reads the bottom of an article. I know that was. Um, yeah, in fact, some of the some of the people that came back with you didn't. You know, I haven't read the article to the end, but, and I was like, I can see why they wouldn't, because I tried to make sure that I'd actually come with a comprehensive picture. When you come with a comprehensive picture, sometimes it can take a while to get through. But I I couldn't bring myself. It's just the opposite end of the spectrum. Sometimes you want to just drop a thought in a tweet, but you know that if you do that, that can be incendiary. If you go to the length of writing. A, f- a full and or as best you can a thorough research on something again you're going to find people who don't want and don't have the time to engage with all of that so it's, sometimes it can be a bit lose-lose I feel and and that is probably my fatigue coming. One of the things that I really I really feel like we're missing at the moment is this the, the principle of, of charity when you you know if you read that tweet uh, with a sympathy, your tweet with a sympathetic head on, mm. you probably read it differently to the one where you're coming with it with a, a, a you know the mindset of Jake's out to get me. So this maybe so, goes back to what I was saying before: is that if if Twitter is at a boiling point because of all this stuff, and and if what you're seeing, if your general timeline is, I hate this, this is awful. Like if you come across a tweet that's ambiguous, I guess you're more likely to read it as maybe, maybe anger and when you get into, I mean, that does get into some interesting kind of psychology and, and everything else, which I'm not, I'm not at all qualified to, to get into. But I do think what you're saying is if your thing is now actually I'm going to write blog posts, I think that's great. I think that's probably the, the more suitable environment. But I still think uh, for me, I just want to kind of, I want to say it out loud, let's be decent, even mm. when we look like we disagree with one another, because otherwise it just descends into something that's hideous Horrible. that we, none of none of us want to be a part of. So I, I still need a way that if I'm going to blog this to have a way to differentiate. Here's some research I did. Here are the facts. From here's some stuff I'm just thinking about. Because I, I, I want a, a way to just be able to pump those articles out. And I was thinking of calling them farticles. <laughs> And there you go. And just have a little banner. By the way, this is, this a, is a farticle. farticle. Yeah. Uh, and maybe a link to <laughs> a description. <laughs> and, and, and there you go. I mean, solved. I, why not? Why not? Let's, let's so I wanted to get to something more practical. Yes. Um, so one of the things that was coming at me in, in the replies, which I thought was very interesting, was people saying, oh, I don't, deadlines get in the way. I, I don't have the time to deal with this stuff. Yes. And there, there was a, well, an actual, a direct accusation that at Google, we we don't understand this because we have infinite time, right. which which I mean I'll just quickly say is that's not true. Like I do, well I mean maybe it is because we all remember that Christmas that was put back by a month because Santa Tracker wasn't ready. <laughs> 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 like, 
Uh, oh, oh, like you know that that, that time like. <laughs> well, CDS was going to be in June. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the big web quiz wasn't ready. Yeah. But um, but I, I wanted us because it was also the accusation that we've only ever worked at big companies, and I know that's not true for oh, both no. of us. Like no, I, no. we've both worked at agencies, yes. startups, yes. Uh, and big companies. So I wanted to kind of put to you: it's like, how did you, in your previous jobs, fight for quality over deadlines and and features? Well, how did you, do, and, and what challenges did you did you experience with that? So it was never easy. It's never been easy. It's, it's, it is different now, just because my role is slightly different at Google, I think. Hmm. But what you end up—it's all down to the relationship you had with the project manager, because mm. they would naturally want to bring the cost down for whoever. Say it was one of the agencies. The client would have a fixed budget, but they'd want the moon on a stick, and mm. so the pressure is on to give them as much of the moon on a stick as you can in that time frame. And invariably, developers are, me, bad at estimating. Yep. And project managers naturally want to get the most out, which is a, is a cocktail for not a lot of happiness. Because they said, you could ship all that in four weeks. And you've shipped two thirds of that. And I promised one and a half's worth to the client. And I think it's, it's hardest for front end developers, because if, if a whole project has a a deadline, you know, if the planning is delayed, then the back end and design work is delayed. Uh, and if all, you know, if, if anything is slow, it mm. comes down to the person at the very end to pick up the slack. And it's, so it's usually things like testing gets dropped and front end gets squeezed. Um, right. And that, that, that did happen a lot. Mm. And so I became very good at reusing old code, mm. uh, became very good at making tactical decisions with the project manager and with the client in some cases to just kind of push the deadline back and if because yeah the deadline wouldn't always be that sort of categoric must be out by that if it did then you you you'd have to ask the question what can you ship with It'd just be right. be real because i can ship you something that's terrible but you're going to hate it i'm going to hate it nobody's going to enjoy this and in some situations you'd have to well i one of the things i noted was that it was often a young person's game, who's somebody who didn't have responsibilities necessarily to get home, because sometimes oh. the pressure would be on to, to pull stay all, late, stay late, night mm. after night, and pull silly, silly stunts. And that, as people gained responsibilities, that just became untenable. Oh, yeah, s- working longer hours is not a scalable way to become better at your job. No, it's just <laughs> simply not. It, be- it yields the opposite result. And so most of it, as I say, most of it for me was down to the relationship with the project manager and being in there from the start as well and just being, you know, when they were planning the thing, if you got handed the designs and you hadn't seen the designs up until the point you had to implement them, Mm. that's obviously disastrously bad. Absolutely. So the developers in the room at the start, hopefully not as a naysayer, Mm. not going, oh, sorry, that's, oh, uh, taxing, don't like that. You know, it wasn't that. It was more like, okay, but if we tweak it here, we can reuse code from this other project, which saves us a week of time, and da 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 da. Because we did make use of our own code, because a lot of the problems you were solving were similar problems. You know, most people yes. actually do need a contact form, and they need a, a carousel of some description. And even if the specifics were different, we'd end up kind of going. Actually, we do have a lot of. You know, we need to manage the history, uh, in the browser history. You know, we need to manage getting data from a data store. Like there, there were common problems that we could 
abstract to some degree. Now, people would say, so, well... Sounds like a good argument for frameworks. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like you've made a framework. And I, maybe it's the distinction is, is the inversion of control, because they were still things that we could call out to and get answers back from. So they, were, they acted like micro-libraries and, and libraries. And I actually haven't got a problem with libraries because you can plug them together anyway. you right. like. Mm, yeah. We never inverted control where the lifecycle was handed to us by our own code. We always went straightforward. And maybe that was one of the key differences. Maybe that's why I struggle so much today with with you know handing inversion of control or inverting control and handing it to something else. Um, but I don't know. It was never easy. I would say that it was never easy, but it was also not. I, I do want to be very clear on this. Nowhere where I worked was it acceptable to ship something substandard. And I worked in a number of places mm. where it was never even a thinkable thing. So how did that become a, a good culture? What I mean, because it, so so it sounds like it, it well, was just it was just part of the company. So you, you maybe didn't have so much of the problem because it was kind of already accepted. No one was putting pressure on you to ship something substandard if it was company. No, culture. they were. They were. They, sorry, they, the pressure to to not ship something substandard brings its own pressures, right? Because you still got to ship an amazing thing in the time that you have. Right. So you've got the pressure of just being really good at what you do. Right. Um, and then that's where the working late and stuff. The working late. So that's that's the pressure you get. So it's 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 trade-offs, right? So where it's interesting that yours your relationship to to make that happen is with the project manager. Yeah. Uh, well, because well, it's only because I t I was typically in the role of a senior dev mm. or like a tech lead or something like that. So it was I would set the tempo for everybody else. So I had to act as an umbrella to them many many times and be like, I'm sorry, these I'm not asking this lot to work late because. This got mismanaged. Right, absolutely. Right? Like yeah. If this got pushed out, if the designers needed an extra week, you've got to find that extra week from somewhere, but it's not coming from us lot because we gave you the tightest time that we thought we could in the. In yeah, but project managers should feel the burn for a bad estimate, well, not, not, not developers. But it's, it's, right. It's, right, but like sometimes the design takes longer, sometimes UX takes longer, sometimes the client doesn't know what they want and they want a mish of, of multiple designs. There are many points of failure. And I, so it always comes back to the relationship, right? But yeah, that's why anyway. So a lot of my back and forth was with the project manager to make that happen. So, so my relationship was stronger with the design team. Um, and, and I remember it being particularly tough when I, well, the times that I just started somewhere. Because I did want to take longer to get it right. And and when you're an unproven engineer, that's, that's when it's at its hardest. I remember uh, when I worked at an agency, someone, not my boss, thankfully, but someone actually higher up in the company dropping a few snarky remarks about how long it was taking me to do things compared to my predecessor. Which was hard to take, you know, and it's not, there's not a lot you can say about it when you're in the first project. Right. But by the time that project finished, it, I, my strongest allies became the designers, because not only was I realizing their dream, <laughs> yeah. okay. but I was going to them saying, hey, can we make your dream better? Like the, this thing you've got, hey, I, I, I can actually animate this, I can do this. And most of my suggestions were really bad and <laughs> over the top and horrible, but they were able to go, oh, I didn't know that was possible. Let me turn that into something not terrible yeah, and okay. we'll do it. So in, in um, post-mortems for, for projects, um, it became a bit of a love-in between design and dev. Uh, and then so in the next project, it became a lot harder for project managers to squeeze a deadline because when the designers saw that happening to me, they were like, they stood up and said, no, don't do that. Right. Because we want, we yeah. want Jake to have the time to, to make it good because yeah. this is something we're really enjoying. Yeah. So I think uh, what we're both saying, though, is that 
not only have we come across this stuff and felt it firsthand, which is uh, is an important thing uh, to, to discuss, but a lot of this is about it's about relationship and it's about process and it's about saying that what we're trying to make does take time, it does require craft, mm. and th- you can squeeze that as much as you want. In fact, I, I, I actually like one of the things you used to say, which is that you know somebody would say, "How long is this going to take?" and you'd say like five days and they'd say well, can you do it in free and you'd say uh, yes but it will be overdue by two days and I just loved that because it's like sometimes quality just takes time and if something's worth building it's got to, it just takes time to do it right otherwise it wasn't it's not worth doing now it, it, again you'd lose all the you could lose all the nuance there because there are times where you do like the proof of concept, the prototype, the quick throw it out, like this is for a pitch, or this is you know this is to just make sure that our customers would like it. It's like experimental, and we'll just try it and just hack it together and blah blah blah. And there's a real transition point from that moment where you kind of go, yeah, that worked, that's broadly the right thing, that will work here, it's cool, solves the problem. Immediate one, like the marketing team can use it, they're happy, they're great. Over to this is something we've got to maintain for the next three or four years. What does that look like? Mm. And when we, when we're in that situation, we had this conversation over lunch with some folks um, today who who came in to visitors, which was great. I really mm. enjoyed it about this decision tree and and making people party to that decision tree, as in not shying away from talking through with like project managers or designers or, or the developers, exposing as much as is actually sensible to them, without sort of trying to drown them in like. Te- technical decisions but saying look these are the decisions we've got to make like if we take a shortcut here we'll pay for it over there and if we do this here if we don't do testing then it's much more likely you're going to get an angry phone call in a week because that's this bit here we've never done before and it's complex and we don't have code for it and it's probably going to go wrong at least the first couple of times so we would recommend not not doing that but we could do this bit instead or if we drop that feature, that would buy us the time to do that. What do you want to do? So it, on that note, that's something I'm, I'm excited. I'm working on a little side project now. It's one of those things that I don't know how far I'll get with it. But I, I made the conscious decision to use like, to use Preact. Um, part of, like, I want to see, you know, l- learn more about the, the sort of React model and, and, you know, where the pain points are and uh, how to keep it fast. But I all, I'm also using it because I used it before. So, like for a big web quiz, we we use Preact mm-hmm. to build that. So it's my second project with it, and and I want this what I'm building now to be less hacky. Mm. And it and it was that coming to you know a new project at the start, and part of me was really tempted to look at uh, Rich Harris's um, library. I forget Svelte. it's Svelte. Like I think, oh, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to throw new and shiny at this. I want to use something that I've made mistakes with already. Yes, and I'm, I'm, what I would love in that, um, which doesn't apply to you, but I'd love us as a community to include vanilla in that set of things that oh, we yes. we want to invest in, in our knowledge of that. Now again, this is it's, it's a position of privilege to be able to do that. Not everybody can. Some people are like just up against timeline deadlines and mm. they've got stuff going on. But if 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 you can, I would, as I look back over my career, and there've been. I've used libraries. I've been on the server side. All of all the things that I'm so glad I chose to do. There was um, I listened to every Yay Query podcast, which was very popular. <laughs> I listened to I think all of them because I was making a trip from Sweden to London and back, and I spent the whole time li- listening to Yay Query and just trying to understand JavaScript 
for its own sake. Mm. That's the web platform, really. Is like HTML, JavaScript, CSS. Those are really good investments. Since it's the start of the year, yes, I thought we we could have a like a little. We talk about some of the things that we we are going to try and do in 2017. Okay, like the things that were. When you say we, we're presumably about. you mean me and thee, or I mean we as a community, we as a what? Oh. What we? Who's take, we? Here? Take your pick. Take your pick. Right. I was thinking me and you, like what? What are? Because yeah. like we. Well, I can't speak for anybody else. I barely know <laughs> what I'm doing. So. Well, this is the thing because we're because we're supposed to like per quarter set out. Like there are tasks, yes, and that all just falls away because the web moves quickly, right? You know, but yeah. before we, like, why not give it a go on recorded? Because <laughs> then we can look like <laughs> idiots to more people than just Yay. our managers. Well, I'm I'm actually preoccupying myself with media at the moment. Okay, because I think it's an it's an interesting area that. How can I put this? There's a lot of things that are actually shifting in there. So, for example, there's like there's the media session API that's brand new. That's like yes. the ability to show the controls and the album art. There's on the, the lock screen. Yeah. Yep. There's the rem yep. the remote playback API. That's that's brilliant. I don't know if you've used this you, on your audio and your video elements. So me media elements they get a dot remote attribute property on which there is a dot connect and stuff. Basically, you can tell it to connect, and then the UA the user agent UA. Uh, pops up a prompt going, "What do you where do you want to connect this to?" And you know, to, to like a, a Chromecast, a Chromecast or, or something like that. And you just mm. like send send the audio there, send the video there. So there's those things are incoming. There's a presentation API. I'm really I oh, I'm really looking forward to when we can get to a point where you can have two people uh, in the room with d different phones, and they both can connect to the same Chromecast or similar. Uh, you know, streaming casting device, yes. and and you can set up an interactive quiz where the questions appear on the screen and the answers appear on the phone, like the big web quiz style, but just just through the presentation API. I, I can we get there at some point? Because the, the I think the idea is just to have a sort of open connection between the two. It's only as I understand it, yeah. There's definitely a connection between the host and the smart device. Well, it's by smart device. I mean, just something that can receive the presentation API and act as a kind of receiving point for that. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a multi kind of broadcast system. No idea. So this is why I'm doing it. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting. There's like offline for media which offline? Is, yeah uh, pardon, Hello. Sorry, offline? Sorry. offline? Offline? Because it involves streaming. It involves streaming? Yeah, streaming? streaming? Or calm down, calm down. Offline uh, and streaming. Yeah. I'm so happy right now. I know. It's all the things you ever hoped and more. But I know absolutely nothing. So I know I know next to nothing about media. As in I've used the video and audio elements Mm. I've used the Web Audio API. That's that's a fair amount, I'd say. Yeah, but in the, compared to other areas I've invested in mm. in my career, I know next to nothing about media, and I want to. So this is a kind of a journey of exploration for me. Out of which I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna build apps mostly, uh, but I mean, I'll probably do one of those kind of dev diaries just to kind of show people how much I don't know on the way through, so that we can all have a good laugh at how ignorant I am. But in that process, in that ignorance, I think there's something that I can do, which is document it, so that we can figure out what stuff isn't there on the web, like mm. what code needs to exist, what documentation needs to exist. Just what do we not know? If if I'm in that situation, many other people are probably in that situation too. I imagine, unless I'm the only one that's been with my head under a, you know, head in the sand. Under a rock? Where is it? Where do you, you you normally live in a cave? One of them. <laughs> All of those things that imply you know nothing, and uh, but you've not really paid attention. 
I suspect it's not a lack of paying attention. I suspect it's just one of those things that if you've never had to go into it and do work on it, it's just very difficult to kind of get your head around the whole space. So I'm doing that. Um, so I think that's probably where I'm going to spend most of my quarter, to be honest. I, I think that's. I think it's nice. I think it's. I think it's really good that you're like you know going out there and you're looking at things, like new things. You're looking in a new direction, looking at new technologies. You're you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone. I think that's. I think that's nice. What are you going to nice. do? You so I'm going to do service worker and streams. <laughs> Streaming, yeah, service worker, yeah. Okay. Are so you going to do anything new? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I reckon at some point Fetch should be cancelable. <laughs> We're kind of looking. What do you mean, that. like an XHR? <laughs> Like an XHR is. Uh, well, so we we were blocked for a long time on TC39, the the JavaScript body on that, and they've. We're now unblocked uh, because okay. they've abandoned all their plans <laughs> for what they were going to do. Actually, it sounds like it was a bit of an internal Google problem. So, yeah, not okay. happy. Not happy with that. But it does unblock us. It means we can kind of go in our own direction and, okay. and figure out an API for that, and also ways to like change the priority of fetches. And that is interesting know. to me because I mean, the whole thing about that, um, the blog post I wrote with that one task that runs forever is that. Prioritization is a big is gonna be a big deal. Mm. Okay, streaming. I I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Like streaming is gonna be a big thing. But if I have 20 streams, I need to prioritize them. I think prioritization is gonna be one of the bigger things that we've. In fact, somebody asked me when I look at uh, when I do performance audits, what's the one thing I typically see? And I just say it's always about priority. It's always about the fact that people put the wrong thing as the high priority item and the other. And and group stuff together, I'd say. I see that a lot. Like, you know, big JavaScript bundle or all of the content being delivered at once. Right, and that's an implicit priority of everything's important. Sure. So that's okay. So that's why I say. Fair enough. Okay, no, totally. I'll take that. Yeah, that's a good point. point Work that one out. Yeah, Ding! <laughs> and so I think yeah. So I I I'm glad that cancelable fetches are going to be coming. Well, also of interest to you from the um, well, two things interesting for me from the uh, the media point of view. Um, background fetch. I've started the spec ah, for that. So this is the one where you can get a big file uh, downloaded, just sort of say like, just go and get me that MP4 file or whatever, yep. and just tell me when it's done. Yeah, and then that means your page can close. It can download in the background. But then when it's done, you'll get an event in the service worker, and you can go, oh, oh, I've got this thing now. And you can either. Do you get a blob? Do you get a. Uh, you'll get a request and response object, which you can then put in a cache. Yes. Or you can read and decide, like, you don't want to put it in a cache, you just no, want to show a notification. I definitely do, because I think. I well, think... This, but here's a case where you don't, if it's an upload. Because oh. if it's an upload, like of a, if you're uploading a video or a picture or a series of pictures, you'll get the, you'll get the stuff back, and, and the response will just go, yeah, that's fine. And then all you do is you show a notification to say, done. Is that is like background sync? Is that uh, background sync is for small things. Uh, the service worker needs to be open for that whole thing. Okay. So if it's a video or a series of pictures, so it's like a, an implicit wait until on the yes on the fetch. And yeah. for free, you'll get like a notification with a progress bar or something, which okay. means also, it, you know, it's visible to the user. So the user knows it's happening, and they Very can good. abort it. And, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. all right. And the other thing that's for interesting in terms of media is we need to fix range requests on the web, which is why media is yes. a bit dodgy with service worker right yes, now. Yes, it is. I it, noticed this when I was building something. That it seemed like it was requesting like the entire file every time. It was like the range yeah. request was being ignored. Yes, it is. Because I mean, so my understanding, because again, I know nothing. So my understanding of this was that when I request the video, it makes 
range requests for the next chunk of the video. Mm. And if that passes through a service worker, that kind of gets lost on the way through and it kind of goes, I'll just ask for the whole video. It is, and sometimes that fails. The problem is, it's like there's no... <laughs> Yay! Well, there's no spec right now for how range requests should work for H for, for the DOM, for HTML. Like, it's specced in terms of HTTP. Okay. But there's nothing to say, like, how the browser should make that request and what it should do. Like, if you ask for a range and get a bigger range back, we don't know. Like, some browsers fail, some browsers don't. Um, okay. it, it, you know, browsers will tend to be okay if they get more range than they were expecting at the end, but they tend to not be okay if they get more range back at the start. And and it's you know all the browsers are doing different things because it's not spec'd. Right. So we need to spec it, yes. and then we'll know kind of we'll be able to make it work within a service worker because it will be. Yeah, because that that's a big deal for if you've got as you say for media where you, you lose so much there if you're like requesting, you know, imagine you were downloading a movie. And it was like 600 meg or 1.2 gig, whatever it is, and you're mm. requesting that file hundreds of times. I mean, that's just bonkers. Oh yeah, and you can work around it with a bit of code, but it's but it shouldn't be like that. It should just work. I right? need to know what that bit of code is. I think before too much longer. I can I can share it. In Excellent. Fact, oh God, Paul, we can work together. No, that's no, it. We, we, that's we it. By the end of the year, we are not friends because <laughs> we tried. We tried it on the big web quiz and it worked out fine. That was actually yeah. It worked fine. I was a big fear for I think for both of us mm. that. You know. It was like a couple moving in together. <laughs> it was like, has the relationship worked so far because we don't see each other very often? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. I really respect you from a distance. Yes, exactly. But when push comes to shove... <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. We, we just can't coexist. On that uh, absolutely thrilling final point, hmm. um, I guess we should call this one done, shouldn't we, really? We should, really. Well, thanks for listening yeah. in. Uh, I guess we'll s maybe... Shall we actually release this one? I don't know. If think. you're listening to this, we have. <laughs> it's, that's fair to say. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, it's, that's it's, logic. It stands up to reason. <laughs> Bye.